0: Good morning brothers and sisters, visitors and those joining us online, a warm welcome to you all. On this Easter Sunday we're blessed to hear and receive the preaching of the gospel of our risen Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ as well as partake or witness the sacrament of Holy Supper. May we be comforted and also challenged through the preaching of the gospel of salvation and then also encouraged through the celebration of Holy Supper. Consistory as the following announcements, Brother Keith Vandelier has arrived with attestation from the Free Reformed Church of Rockingham. We welcome this brother into our congregation. Keith, may you continue to find your place among us here in Southern River, and may we as congregation be a blessing to you also. This morning, the worship service will be led by Reverend Poppy, and as we prepare our hearts for worship, let's sing together from hymn 33 verses 1 and 3.
1: my brothers and sisters, please rise and let's worship the Lord. As the people of God, we confess that our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Amen. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Amen. Let's sing a song of praise. We're going to sing together of the resurrection of our Lord, hymn 31, verses 1 and 2. In Exodus 20, the Lord gave his people his law in order to teach them how to walk in a relationship with him and to rest under his blessing. Let's listen to the words of God's law. Let's also use this as a means to evaluate our own lives before God see where we fall short so that we may humble ourselves before him. In Exodus 20, God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Let's now sing together. We're going to sing from hymn 44, the verses 1 and 2. Let's now pray to God and let's ask God for his blessing. Almighty God and Father in heaven, today we celebrate that Christ is risen. We believe that three days after he he died that you rose Christ, you raised him from the dead. We believe that death had no power over him because our Lord Jesus Christ has power over death. We believe, Father, that through his death, he made payment for all the sins of all his people, and that in order to demonstrate that his sacrifice was sufficient, that you raised him to new life, you brought him back from the dead, and we honor you, and we glorify you, and we praise you for your marvelous work which you've accomplished in your son. We celebrate, Father, that sin has no power over him, because our Lord never sinned. We believe that death has no power over him because our Lord Jesus Christ was able to break the power of death and he rose to life once again. And we believe that he is the first fruits of all those who believe in him. As our Lord Jesus Christ died and rose again, so we who believe in him may die, but one day we will rise again. Father, we thank you for the immense gift that you give us in your Son. We thank you that through our Lord Jesus that you have conquered the power of sin, and that you raise us up to a new life. Dear Father in heaven, we, we're here this morning in order to hear the message of the gospel, in order to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And it's also through this sacrament that you remind us that our Lord Jesus Christ has defeated the power of sin. We come to you, Lord, and we want to humble ourselves before you because of our sins. We are those who, who do sin against you. It's been a few months since the last Lord's Supper And if we look back over these past few months, Lord, then we see that there's so many ways in which we we have sinned. We haven't always trusted you. We haven't always found security in your promises towards us. Lord, forgive us for that. We haven't always treated you and your name and your honor and your worship rightly. But sometimes we treat you lightly. Sometimes we think little of you. Sometimes we, we don't really think of what you wish for us but we're too consumed by our own desires. And so we ask for your grace and for your forgiveness for this. Father, we ask that you would forgive us for all the other sins that we've committed against each other. Sometimes we look down on others and we mock them. We have biting words or we even lie to them. Sometimes, Father, it's happened to us that we've been been lustful or greedy or covetous or envy. Father, we repent of our selfishness. We repent of the the ways in which we put ourselves in the center of our lives. And we disregard you, we disregard the people around us. We ask that for Jesus' sake, that you would forgive us, Lord, and that you make us new. And we believe it's possible because Christ died to pay for our sins. Christ rose again because you accepted his sacrifice for sin. And so, Lord, it's on the basis of his death and resurrection that we ask that you show us mercy and that you continue with us. Father, thank you for this beautiful opportunity that we have to meet together. Thank you that we can do so in your presence. It is our joy to honor you and to glorify you. And we pray, Lord, that the worship that we offer you this morning is pleasing to you. We also ask that you would encourage us through the preaching of the gospel. We pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts, that we may hear the glorious message of who you are and what you've done. We pray, Father, that we may rejoice in your goodness towards us. Please forgive us for all our sins. Please hear our prayer. And please do it for Jesus' sake. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, this morning we get to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. We're going to do so by looking at one of the verses in Matthew 28. So I invite you to open your Bible with me. We're going to read together from Matthew 28, the verses 1 through 10. you can find that on page 992 of your guest bible So Matthew 28 we're going to read the verses 1 through 10 And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So far the, the reading of God's word, one of the reaction of the women here is, is that of fear and great joy. And this great joy is is one of the central themes that comes out as a reaction of God's people to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. We're also going to sing of that. This is a joy that was experienced by God's people many times in the history of salvation when they see God's great works of salvation for them. In Psalm 126, they celebrate the gift of coming out of exile. So we're going to sing together Psalm 126, the verses 1, 2, and 3. So as text for the sermon this morning, I've taken the passage from Matthew 28 we read together. Matthew 28, we're just going to look at verse 8 there. Let's read that verse together once again. Matthew 28, verse 8, they're speaking of the women, it says, So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. and sisters, congregation loved by the Lord Jesus Christ, the week leading up to the the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ was a very intense time for Christ's followers. It had been less than a week before that the disciples had tried to dissuade Jesus from coming back to Jerusalem, because they understood that the leaders of the Jews hated him, and that they're going to try to kill him, and yet Jesus said he needed to go there, and he went despite all their protestations. And then, their worst fears were realized. Exactly what they were afraid of is exactly what happened. He was, arre- he was betrayed by Judas. And then he was arrested by the leaders of the Jews. And there was literally nothing they could do. They could just watch from a distance. They tried to, to watch, to be involved. First, John, he, he had to run away. He lost his, his robe and then Peter, he goes into the, the inner room of the, the Pharisees there and he, he watches the proceedings and, and they accuse him three times of being one of the followers and he has to deny that he even knows the Lord Jesus because otherwise he was afraid for his life. And then finally they hand him over to the Romans and then it was completely out of their hands. The Romans were this powerful imperial force and there was no one or nothing that could stand up against the might of the Romans. And so he was in Roman custody And this mob forms. And they cry out for him to be crucified. And all they could do, all the disciples could do, is they could just stand back and they could watch it happen. That's indeed what happened. They took our Lord. They brought him out of the city. And they nailed him to this cross. And they, they crucified him. And he died. And it was all over. And it broke their hearts. When you read through the stories of the Gospels, then there's this profound sadness. And there's also the, the foundational emotion that they had was one of fear. They were really afraid. Because if they could do this to Jesus, what did it mean for them? And so when you read through the stories of, of Jesus meeting with them and, and the women and where they're at, the, the central feature of their experience of life is, is one of Fear. They were, they were greatly afraid. But thankfully, the story doesn't end on Good Friday. It was after that happened. They all went home, and for the Sabbath, for the Saturday, nobody did anything. It was the, the Sabbath. It was our Sunday. This was their day of rest, and so nothing happened. But then very early on Monday morning, these women got up, and they wanted to honor the Lord. They wanted to anoint his body. and So they wake up, and they, they head out to the tomb. And then they get the biggest fright of their lives— they're just shocked because there is this angel and he was shining like lightning. Try to imagine a person shining like lightning. He was shining like lightning. He was sitting on top of the stone. The tomb was opened and he spoke to them. He invited them to come and so He invited them. He says, come in. Come in. You have to come in and see. Well, it was really impressive. You know, It was so impressive that the guards had passed out. They, they fainted and the women, they were... They were really quite trembling with fear. But they came forward and they, they looked into the tomb and they got, they got to see. And then the angel told them, he said, don't be afraid. He is not here for he has risen, as he said. And then he told them, go and tell his disciples that he has risen and that he's gone ahead of them to Galilee. Well, the reaction in the first place was one of great fear. But the second reaction was one of... Of great joy because he's alive and he rose from the dead and it's not all over but he is the Christ and he's real and this is true and that was that was true for everyone but it was especially true for these women so these women this is Mary Magdalene this is the other Mary we're also told of some other women in the other Gospels well these women they had a very special rapport with the Lord Jesus If you go back to the first verses of Luke 8, Mary Magdalene was the one out of whom Jesus had cast seven demons. She'd been possessed by a demon or oppressed by a demon. And at one stage, the Lord Jesus rescued her from that. And these other women, it says that they were healed from many of their infirmities. So during the course of his travels, Jesus Christ had helped these women. And they were so profoundly grateful, they realized that he's not only a good friend, but they realized that he was the Christ. He had done these things for them. So they trusted him and they believed in him. And so when they saw that he actually was risen, then this was the best thing that ever happened to them. Well, if, you, if you can just try to imagine the experience, it's, you know, it's really hard for us to try to get our head around that. But if you imagine that you know, one day you go and you, you bury your loved one, it's just a profound time of grief. And then a few days later, you go back there. You just can't leave it alone. You have to go back. So you go back to the cemetery, and you have to see it again. But when you get there, then the ground is excavated. And the coffin is out of the ground. And the lid is open. And you come close, and your loved one's gone. They're not there anymore. Can you imagine how, how shocking that would be? And then they're crying and crying, and they're weeping, and they don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden, you look up, and there he is. And he's alive. And he's walking towards you. And he's real. And this is the truth of it. Well, these women, they were just overjoyed with the presence of their Lord. If you want to get a sense of the joy, we're just saying together from Psalm 126, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful passage that, that talks about what that experience of life is really like. Psalm 126, it tells of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. You know, again, they could never have imagined that they'd return out of exile, that it actually would happen, but then all of a sudden, one day, Cyrus says, it's time to go home, and he gives them all their stuff, and so they have all the, the belongings for the temple, they have everything that they need. He gives them his blessing, and they get to go home again. And they said, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who were in a dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. It's too good to be true. You're laughing and you want to run and you want to jump and someone cheers and everyone breaks out. In song and in cheer and everyone's carrying on because of the joy that you have within your hearts. Well, this is the joy that the women had. And they went and they told the story to the disciples. John 20, verse 20, it says, very quietly there, it says they were glad. Well, the word means overjoyed. They were overjoyed. And it's a joy that they carried with them. A little later in Mark, it talks about that experience. They were filled with joy. And it conflates that with the story of of Christ's ascension. They go back into Jerusalem, even though Jesus is leaving them a second time, their hearts are filled with joy. The overwhelming experience of the people of God as a result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is that they have a deep and a profound sense of joy. And that's a joy that we get to share, brothers and sisters. It's not the same for us. We didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ He didn't heal us of any sicknesses directly. He didn't cast demons out of us. He hasn't walked with us for three years. We didn't watch him being crucified, so we didn't have that personal connection like they did in in that sense. But we do have a personal connection with him. We have a very intimate relationship because we know him to be our Lord. We know that he is God. And he's entered into a relationship with us where he says, I am your brother in Christ. I, uh, or through, the, through my work, you are my brothers. You're adopted into my family. And God says, you belong to me. Christ says, in another place, that you are my friends. And he says, I reveal all that I know. I reveal to you. And I give you everything that you need. If you just ask, I'll give it to you. And so we can have this, this real sense of, of a personal relationship with him. It's also on the basis of that, brothers and sisters, we can have this profound joy in the work that God has accomplished on Easter morning. Because Easter, it's not just about the moment, it's not just about the fact that they could see him again, that the disciples could could walk with him again. The biggest thing is that if he was raised, then everything he ever said was true. If he rose again, then it means that he is the Messiah, that he is the Christ, that he has defeated sin, that he has defeated death, that he has defeated the devil. It means that our salvation is secure, and it means that we are in him and that he is in us. And when you read through the rest of the New Testament, one of the greatest themes that comes out in the New Testament is that the apostles are reflecting on the benefits that we receive through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's just huge. If you read through Acts, Acts is really about two things. It's about the establishment of the kingdom of God, and it's about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Paul preaches about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he can say lots of things, but it's when he preaches the resurrection of Jesus Christ that's always the time that people get all riled up. Because all these other things, you can say whatever else, Paul, but as soon as you say that Jesus Christ is risen, That it means that everything that Christ said is true. It means he is alive. It means he is in heaven. It means he is our Lord. And it means he lays a claim on our lives. And that's why people were so upset with Paul when he preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, the reality is, brothers and sisters, is that it is true. He has risen. As a result, as Paul says, Romans 8, he says, Because Christ has risen, you are forgiven all your sins. You can know it for sure because he rose. He paid for sin and he conquered sin and he rose to life to show it. And so Romans 8 verse 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. Your sins are forgiven. And God wants you to know that. And then he reaches out to you in a very personal way. He says, I want you to celebrate that this morning. I want you to come to the Lord's Supper, and I want you to have a meal with me. The Lord Jesus invites you to have a meal. And he says, Eat a little piece of bread and take a sip of wine. And he says, By faith, you get to share in me. You get to share in my resurrection power. You get to believe that all your sins are taken away. No more guilt. No more shame. No more struggle. And then the other thing that Christ gives, Paul talks about it a few verses later in Romans 8. Verse 11 there, he talks about the the renewal that we receive through the Holy Spirit. When we go through a normal life, then we often struggle against sin. It's a powerful force, and it's a difficult matter for us. But the Lord Jesus Christ says that he died, the life he died, he died to sin. And when he rose... And he rose as one who has power over sin. And since he has power over sin, he says, now through his spirit, you get to share in that resurrection power. And so it says, you believe in Jesus Christ, that he will live in your hearts with his Holy Spirit, and he will renew you to a new life. And so Paul connects these things, Romans 8 verse 11, to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And then he, say, he works it out and he says that means that you're not under the power of sin. There may be certain sins that you struggle against during this season of your life. What well, God's saying to you, he's saying he has the power to set you free from that. And that is his joy. Christ will rescue you. And he'll save you from that power. This morning, brothers and sisters, we also get to celebrate that at the Lord's Supper. We come to the table to share not just in the death of Jesus Christ, but also—or sorry, not just in the blood of Jesus Christ, but also in His Spirit. It's through the Lord's Supper that you have a the communion with your Lord. By faith, you take Christ into you. It's a sign that by faith you share in the Spirit of Christ that Christ will assist you with his Holy Spirit to live the new life that God calls you to live. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, is the greatest news that God gives us. Sin has no power over you because Christ was raised. And because Christ was raised, we have a glorious future ahead of us. The last verse I'll share with you is from 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. You may greatly rejoice that Christ has defeated death, and that he has a beautiful inheritance in store for you as his people. Let us trust our Lord, that through his death and resurrection, that he's achieved our salvation. Brothers and sisters, let your heart be filled with joy as you reflect on what Christ has done for you. Amen. Let's sing together. We're going to sing from hymn 34, the verses 1 through 4. sisters, we may celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ also through the celebration of the Lord's Supper. If you wish to follow along as we read through the form for the celebration of the Lord's Supper, you can find that on page 603. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, The Holy Supper has been instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the words of this institution as described by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, the verses 23 to 29. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment upon himself. In order that we may now celebrate this Holy Supper of the Lord to our comfort, we must first rightly examine ourselves. Further, we must also use it as Christ intended it, namely to his remembrance. True self-examination consists of the following three parts. First, let everyone consider his sins and accursedness so that he may humble himself before God for the wrath of God against sin is so great that he could not leave it unpunished, but he has punished it in the bitter, in his beloved son, Jesus Christ, by the bitter and shameful death on the cross. Second, let everyone search his heart whether he also believes the sure promise of God that all his sins are forgiven him only for the sake of the suffering and death of Jesus Christ and that the perfect righteousness of Christ is freely given him as his own as if he himself had fulfilled all righteousness. Third, let everyone examine his conscience, whether it is also his sincere desire to show true thankfulness to God with his entire life, and laying aside all enmity, hatred, and envy to live with his neighbor in true love and unity. God will certainly receive in grace all who are thus minded and count them worthy to partake of the supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who do not feel this testimony in their hearts eat and drink judgment upon themselves. Therefore, according to the command of Christ and of the Apostle Paul, we admonish all those who know themselves to be guilty of the following offensive sins to abstain from the table of the Lord. And we declare to them that they have no part in the kingdom of Christ. All who refuse to trust in the Lord alone or who serve him in their own manner. All who abuse the name of the Lord by cursing or in any other way. All who do not diligently attend the worship services and who despise the proclamation of God's word or the sanctity of the sacraments. All who are disobedient to their parents or to others in authority over them. All who violate human life or cherish hatred against their neighbor and refuse to be reconciled to him. All who either within or outside of holy wedlock do not keep their bodies pure. All who by stealing, greed, or extravagance lead a worldly life. All liars, backbiters, and slanderers. Briefly, all who either in word or conduct show themselves to be unbelieving by leading an offensive life. While they persist in their sins, they shall not take of this table which Christ has ordained, of this food which Christ has ordained only for his believers. Otherwise, their judgment and condemnation will be the heavier. But all this, beloved beloved brothers and sisters, is not meant to discourage broken and contrite hearts. As if only those who are without sin may come to the table of the Lord. For we do not come to this supper to declare that we are perfect or righteous in ourselves. On the contrary, we seek our life outside of ourselves in Christ Jesus. And in doing so, we acknowledge that we are dead in ourselves. We also are aware of our many sins and shortcomings. We do not have perfect faith, and we do not serve God with such zeal as He requires. Daily, We have to contend with the weakness of our faith and the evil desires of our flesh. Yet by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we are heartily sorry for these shortcomings, and we desire to fight against our unbelief and to live according to all the commandments of God. Therefore, we may be fully assured that no sin or weakness which remains in us against our will can prevent us from being received by God in grace and from being made worthy partakers of this heavenly food and drink. Let's now consider for what purpose the Lord has instituted his supper, namely that we should use it in remembrance of him. But to remember him in the following manner. First of all, let's fully trust that the Lord Jesus Christ was sent by the Father into this world according to the promises made from the beginning to the fathers in the Old Testament and that he assumed our flesh and blood. From the beginning of his incarnation, To the end of his life on earth, he bore for us the wrath of God, under which we should have perished eternally. By his perfect obedience, he has for us fulfilled all the righteousness of God's law. We remember in particular that the weight of the wrath of God caused by our sins, pressed out of him, sweat like drops of blood, falling on the ground in the Garden of Gethsemane. There he was bound that he might free us from our sins. He suffered countless insults that we might never be put to shame. Though innocent, he was condemned to death that we might be acquitted at the judgment seat of God. He even let his blessed body be nailed to the cross that he might cancel the bond which stood against us because of our sins. By all this, he has taken our curse upon himself that he might fill us with his blessing. On the cross, he humbled himself in body and soul to the very deepest shame and anguish of hell, then he called out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That we might be accepted by God and never more be forsaken by him. Finally, by his death and the shedding of his blood, he confirmed the new and eternal testament, the covenant of grace, when he said, it is finished in order that we might firmly believe that we belong to this covenant of grace, the Lord Jesus Christ, during his last Passover, instituted the Holy Supper. He gave the bread and the cup to his disciples in remembrance of him. He taught us to understand that as often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we are reminded and assured of his hearty love and faithfulness towards us. It is a sure pledge that he has given his body and shed his blood for us. Otherwise, we would have suffered eternal death. He nourishes and refreshes our hungry and thirsty souls with his crucified body and shed blood to everlasting life, as certainly as this bread is broken before our eyes and this cup is given to us and we eat and drink in remembrance of him. From this institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, we learn that he directs our faith and trust to his perfect sacrifice once offered on the cross. It is the only ground of our salvation. Thereby he has become to our hungry and thirsty souls the true food and drink of life eternal. For by his death he has removed the cause of our eternal hunger and misery, which is sin, and obtained for us the life-giving Spirit. By this Spirit, who dwells in Christ as the head and in us as his members, we have true communion with him, and we share in all his riches, life eternal righteousness and glory by the same spirit we're also united in true brotherly love as members of one body for the apostle paul says because there is one bread we who are many are one body for we all partake of the one bread as one bread is baked out of many grains and one wine is pressed out of many grapes so we all incorporated in christ by faith are together one body For the sake of Christ, who so exceedingly loved us first, we shall now love one another, and shall show this to one another, not just in words, but also in deeds. Finally, Christ has commanded us to celebrate the Holy Supper until He comes. We receive at His table a foretaste of the abundant joy which He has promised, and we look forward to the marriage feast of the Lamb, when He will drink the wine new with us in the kingdom of His Father. Let us rejoice. And give him the glory, for the marriage feast of the Lamb is coming. May the Almighty, Heavenly God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ help us in this through his Holy Spirit. Amen. To receive all this in faith, let's now humble ourselves before God and let's call upon him in true faith. Merciful God, we thank you that in this supper we cherish the blessed memory of the bitter death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ. Work in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that we may entrust ourselves more and more to your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that our contrite hearts may be nourished with his true body and blood, yes, with him who is the only heavenly bread, that we may not live in our sins, but Christ in us and we in him. Let us so truly be partakers of the new and everlasting testament, the covenant of grace, that we do not doubt that you will forever be our gracious Father, never more imputing to us our sins, but providing us with all things for body and soul as your dear children and heirs. Grant us your grace, Father, that we may take up our cross joyfully, deny ourselves, and confess our Savior. Let us in all tribulation. Await our Lord Jesus Christ who will come from heaven to change our mortal body to be like his glorious body and to take us to himself forever. Hear us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it is through faith that we share in the blessings of Jesus Christ. Let's first make a profession of this faith. I invite you to rise and we're going to sing together of the Apostles' Creed as it's put to music in hymn one. Brothers and sisters, in order that we may now be nourished with Christ, the true heavenly bread, we must not cling with our hearts to the outward symbols of bread and wine, but lift our hearts on high in heaven where Christ our Advocate is at the right hand of his heavenly Father. Let's not doubt that we'll be nourished and refreshed in our souls through his, with his body and blood through the working of the Holy Spirit as truly as we receive this holy bread and drink in remembrance of him brothers and sisters, in preparation for the celebration of the Lord's Supper, let's now sing together from Hymn 59, verse 1. And after that, all those who are confessing members in good standing of this congregation in Southern River are invited to attend the Lord's Supper. We also invite one guest this morning, our sister Carrie Poppy, from the Redeemer Canadian Reformed Church of Winnipeg, Manitoba. And then if you're not a member of this congregation or announced visitor, we ask that you not come forward to join with eating or drinking at the table. And this is in no way a judgment on your faith or on your relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't, we don't know of, of your faith. Instead, it's because God teaches us in 1 Corinthians 11 that the Lord's Supper is a communal celebration. It must be kept holy and promote the unity of faith within the congregation. And that's the reason why the Lord's Supper is closely supervised. It's an effort to ensure that the guests are true believers, that they're faithful in their adherence to the reformed faith, and that they also lead a godly life. And so while you're not permitted to come forward, we encourage you to remain with us. By observing the celebration and hearing the word, may you also be encouraged and edified in the gospel message of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, let's, let's first sing together. We'll sing from hymn 59. Thank mm-hmm. you. Brothers and sisters, the bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some bread and eat. cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the, the blood of christ take drink from it all of you remember and believe that the precious blood of our lord jesus christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins once again please take and drink I'd like to read a few passages of the scriptures with you at the table this morning. Passages that celebrate the the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and also the joy that we have in his resurrection. First one is a passage from the Old Testament. We're going to read together from Isaiah 25, the verses 8 and 9. Beautiful Old Testament prophecy of, of Christ conquering death and the joy we may have in that. Isaiah 25 Starting at verse 8, it says there, He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Let's now sing together, let's sing from him, sorry, from him 30, verse one. Brothers and sisters, once again, the bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take and eat. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take and drink. next passage I'd like to read with you is taken from the Gospel of John. We're going to read together from John chapter 16, page 1073. John 16, our Lord Jesus Christ just tells his disciples that he's going to leave. He's going to be taken from them. And then he says in John 16, verse 20, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into the world. So you also will have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Let's sing together. We're going to sing Hymn 30, verse 2. Once again, brothers and sisters, the bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some bread and eat. The cup of blessing for which you give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some wine. The next passage I'd like to read with you is taken from Luke 24. This is the account of the Lord Jesus Christ appearing to his disciples. And once again, they're filled with joy at seeing their resurrected Lord. So Luke 24, we're going to read together the verses 40 to 43. You can find that on page 1052. Luke 24, verse 40, the Lord Jesus just invited them to to touch his hands and his feet to see that it is he he himself. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they were still disbelieving for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. So far, let's now sing together. We're going to sing from hymn 30, verse 3. Last table for this morning, brothers and sisters. Once again, the bread we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some bread. The cup of blessing for which you give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for a complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some wine. Brothers and sisters, we're going to finish off by reading the doxology in the form for the celebration of the Lord's Supper. If you want to follow along, that's page 607. (laughs) Beloved in the Lord, since the Lord has now nourished our souls at his table, let us together praise his holy name. Let everyone say in his heart, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and honor, love and mercy. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide nor will he hold on to his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Therefore, my heart and my mouth shall proclaim the praise of the Lord from now on and forevermore. Amen. Let us sing together. We're going to sing from hymn 30, verse 5. The last verse. Let's now call upon the Lord in thanksgiving and prayer. Merciful God and Father, we thank you that in your boundless mercy, you have given us your only begotten Son as our mediator. Father, we praise you that he is the sacrifice for our sins and our food and drink to life eternal. We thank you that you give us a true faith through which we may share in such great benefits. Through your Son, you've instituted the Holy Supper for the strengthening of our faith. We earnestly ask you, faithful God and Father, that by your Holy Spirit, this celebration may lead to our daily increase in true faith and fellowship with your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, thank you that he is risen again. Thank you that you secure our salvation. Thank you that he has defeated sin, and he's defeated the power of the devil and he's defeated death. And Thank you for the hope that we have, a living hope, in a, in a glorious future together with you. Thank you, Lord, for the joy that we may have in our hearts, that we may be your people, and that you are our God, and that we get to share in such great benefits. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen our faith through your word through the sacraments, that we may believe in our Lord Jesus, that we often call to mind his resurrection and the blessings we receive through it, and that we may be blessed in this way. Help us to celebrate this, Lord, on this day, that we can converse together with family members and friends about the incredible blessings that we receive through you, through your son, in the, in the resurrection that you've, that you've accomplished through Christ. Dear Father in heaven, we also thank you for all the other blessings that you give. We're so grateful that on Thursday that our brother and sister, Adam and Hermine Sebum, could be married together. Father, you tell us that he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And we're grateful that you've given our brother and sister to each other in marriage. And we wish to entrust them to your loving care. We ask, Father, that you would shine your face upon them, that you look on them in mercy, and that you grant them your blessing. Give them much joy together as husband and wife. And please grant that their marriage may be a great blessing for them. And also, Lord, if you give them children, that they may raise up these children to know and love you. Please give this gift to them. And Father, we pray that you'd also please grant that they may be a blessing within our congregation. Thank you for all the gifts that you've given to them. And thank you for the joy that we can celebrate in witnessing their marriage. Father, we ask that you would also take care of them, of all the other young members of our congregation who have recently been married. Please bless them in their marriages. Grant them much understanding of one another. Give them gentleness with each other. Give them a real spirit of kindness together. Grant, Lord, that their marriage can be a source of a profound joy. And then we pray that, that also within our church, Lord, that you would grant many children, that we, we can celebrate the gift of children. This is one of the great blessings that you love to give to your people. We pray that you be with those women who are expecting children. And we ask that in due time that they may give birth and that it would go well with them. Please look after them and please grant your blessing. Father in heaven, we also thank you for the blessings that we could have. We celebrate not only the resurrection of Christ and the, the celebration of the Lord's Supper, we also get to celebrate the, the gift that we, that we receive in you and, and also the blessings that we receive day by day. We're grateful that yesterday it could be the birthday for Brother John Mahoney. We're so thankful, Father, that, that you preserve our brother's life. He's an old man, he faces a lot of limitations, and yet he has great faith in you. And you've preserved him for another year, and we honor you for that. Thank you that he can worship together with us. And please be near to our brother, and also be near to his wife. And please surround them with your care and grace, Lord, and, and grant that they may receive your blessing in every way in their old age. We're also grateful, Lord, that we can celebrate the Lord's Supper with a number of members who have not able, been able to, to worship with us. We think especially of our brother Klein. We're grateful that he's healthy enough and well to be here today, What a gift that you've given him and to us in that. Please continue to sustain our brother. Also think of those others who who have various health concerns. There's some who are not able to make it here. They're not able to worship with us or to celebrate with us. Especially at this time of old Mr. Scoof, Lord. We pray that you would sustain him and that you care for him. That you watch out for him and bless him. Also think, Lord, of, of the others in our church. There's many who, especially on a morning like this morning, when we... When we meet together with you and with each other, then, then they grieve the loss of loved ones. But we ask that you would comfort them in their grieving. We pray, Father, that you would help us to call to mind the promise of the resurrection. That as our Lord Jesus has raised to life, that he has done so as the first fruits. And that one day, we and our loved ones will rise from the dead. Father, help us look forward in hope to this great resurrection. That which is sown in, in sadness will one day be, be raised in great joy. Thank you, Lord, that through Jesus that our resurrection is secure and an eternal life together with you is is what's coming. In the meantime, Lord, thank you that you teach us that death is like sleeping and that after a little while we'll wake up again. Dear Father in heaven, we, we also want to entrust to your care those who are under doctor's care. We think also, especially at this time, of brother and Half. Please bless him as he continues to recuperate and grant that it may go well for our brother. Please be near to his wife and family as well as they support him through this. And please grant that we as a congregation may also love and bless them. Dear Father in heaven, we also pray with gratitude for the, for the blessings that you've given in our mission work. Thank you that, that the mission work may continue. Thank you for the health and strength that you give to our missionaries, for the safety and the protection that you give them. We ask that you continue to watch out for them and grant that it may go well. Grateful Lord that this morning we may have another collection for the work and mission, and we pray for a blessing over the money that we collect as well. Grant that it may be well used, and Lord, that you would bless the work and that it goes well for them. Also grateful that one of the members of our congregation and also another young man could could go to the mission field. We think here of Brother Joel Boone and also Colonel Becheman. Grateful Lord that these young men could could go there, they could see something of the work that's going on there. I want to pray for your blessing over them, that they can also use this to to understand something of of the mission work that goes on around this world. Please bless the young men who are preparing for ministry. Grant that they're able to to have what they need from your throne of grace to be able to be well prepared, that at one stage they're able to share the hope of the gospel, that they may do this with gratitude and joy. To this end, we, we also pray for blessing over our brother, Dathan Plater, We're so thankful for the work that he can do among us in sharing the hope of the gospel. We want to pray, Father, that you continue to bless him and his wife in every way. Give him a rich measure of your Holy Spirit as he brings the word to us and grant that we may be encouraged through that. Thank you for the blessings that that you give through 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 him, Father. And please bless our brother in every way. And we also want to ask, Father, that you please would give us a blessed day today. Thank you for this opportunity to meet with family and friends, to, dis- to have this communion among your saints. Please bless the fellowship that we have together. Please give us a lot of love in our hearts for each other, Lord, and grant that we're able to show that in the way we live together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the collection this morning is for the mission work in p g Following the collection, we're going to close by singing together from hymn 32, the verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. God's blessing, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.